In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Men, you only have 18 summers to create a lasting connection with your children. 18. Do you feel distant from one of your children right now? Or maybe you've made the mistake that so many guys make and you think that being in close proximity to your children is the same as spending quality time with them. If that is you, stay tuned. We're going to give you three simple steps to create lasting connections with your kids. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Jim Ramos. I'm your host and guide for this week's show, helping you become the best version of a father, husband, and man inside the stress bubble of life and beyond. Welcome to Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. This week's hero story comes from the Wadaneta on Apple Podcasts. Anyway, he gave us a five-star review saying this, every man needs to listen to this podcast. Man, I'm so grateful for this podcast. They cover everything from fatherhood to being a husband to being a leader and more. Thanks, men in the arena. Hey, thank you so much. And word on ATA, hit us up at info at menandarena.org with your physical address. We'll send you some swag. Hey, guys, stay tuned to the end of our interview today for our weekly man law. Guys, you will not be disappointed this week. It's so powerful. We had to make it anonymous. And hey, guys, I'm excited today to bring on our guest, Jim Shields. Jim lives in Florida with his wife of 13 years, Jamie Lee. Not Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Lee Shields. Jim's a successful real estate entrepreneur, best selling author of. The Family Board Meeting, which is our subject today. He was motivated to write this book when he saw men who were living in the stress bubble of life tragically disconnected from their families. Guys, we see this all the time. Since then, Jim has helped hundreds of men, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders from around the world to focus and implement where it really counts, in the home. Jim's simple methods can be integrated instantly and provide immediate, deeper connections for men and their families. And guys, I read this book, and I'm telling you, it is true. If you are living in that stress bubble like most of you are, this is going to help you connect with your kids. So, Jim, it's great to have you on the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. It's great to be here. Been a long time coming. We just kind of back and forth it. So I'm super excited to have you on, and I love your first name. 
Yeah. If we forget each other's name on this episode, we're in a lot of trouble. We, You know, they don't name people Jim that much anymore. We don't meet a lot of Jim's little Jimmy's yeah. running around. It's, I don't, that no. name's kind of getting obsolete. <laughs> I guess it'll always be around as long as I'm around, but I don't know about, you know, further down the line. Yeah. Now. Well, I've got my grandpa was Jim. My dad was Jim. I'm Jim. My son is James. And he's already told me their firstborn is going to be named James. So we're going to keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling. Hey, Hey, yeah, let's let's jump in today and just uh, I want to hear a little bit more about you, things you enjoy, what makes you tick, a little bit more about your story. Yeah, I'm a father of five, uh, three adopted, two biological, uh, ranging from age one to 19. Uh, so I've got quite a range. Um, I have, you know, never expected to write a book on family life. For sure, I was a real estate investor. I felt underqualified and I'm not a family therapist. I'm not a psychologist. Uh, but sometimes I think people just want to hear vulnerability and simple action steps from someone in the trenches alongside mm. them. Uh, so I wouldn't know what perfect family looks like because we don't have one. Uh, but we have figured out a few simple rhythms and strategies to help thousands of families all over the world. And that's what I wrote the book about. Uh, so uh, my company, 18 Summers, along with my real estate, you know, we've helped a lot of families make sure, you know, it's one thing to be successful in business, but I think it's even harder today to be successful at home. And, uh, and that's what our, our book and our strategies are about. You know, why can't you have both be successful and business in your career and be successful at home? Yeah, it's really interesting. I've, I've seen a lot of disconnect between goal-driven, high-octane entrepreneurs. And it, sometimes it seems like they aren't able to bring it into the home. It doesn't translate into the parenting. And so I know that your target is entrepreneurs, but I'll tell you what, our target is guys in the stress bubble of life. They're between 28 and 48 years old, 50 years old with kids in the home. And man, this is a massive struggle. Uh, in your book, you wrote this. You said, I was saddened to watch these talented, wonderful people drift away from their children on a tide of distraction, stress, and regret. So I'll tell you what really hit me about your book wasn't the title. It was the subtitle. Can you tell us? about the subtitle of your book and why it's so powerful. Well, yeah, well, it's based on the name of our company. It says you have 18 summers to have a create a lasting connection with your family. You know, there was a study shown that the average person will spend almost 85% of the quality time they ever have with their children by the end of the 18th summer. And when you think about it, that makes sense because it starts to minimize there. You know, you're probably hanging out with your five-year-old a lot more than your 25-year-old. Um, at least probably you should be. And, yeah. uh, and you know, things start to, to minimize. And once that's gone, that's gone. So you'll still have opportunities, but the opportunities are more limited. And, you know, one thing I've learned doing this for the last 10 years, if you do those first 18 right, then I think you're going to have more time. You don't have 15% less time left. You have 20, 25, 30, 35, especially when you're intentional. If you don't do those first 18 right, there's no guarantee that, uh, you know, you're even as hard as you work that you're really going to have a close relationship or you're going to be part of your children's life. And that's hard and sad to hear, uh, but that's the truth. And I've seen it too many times. Yeah. You know, last weekend we went, uh, you, you like to surf. I like to hunt. We went duck hunting with my three sons and my adopted, I call him my adopted son, four of us. We had a great time. And I thought, you know, these guys are 28, 26 and 25 and they're spending time with their dad. Yeah. And, and what I've learned, and I, tell me what you think about this. When my kids are in the home, they don't have a choice. They have to be in the home and I control the the relationship as the parent. But when these kids enter their 20s, I end up reaping what I sown in the home. And if I if I didn't sow quality time, I'm gonna reap adult children who don't want to spend time with me. It's the cats in the cradle living lived out in, in real time. 
It is. It is. And another thing with people out there in the stress bubble, they think, oh, money is going to solve everything. You know, if I had the money, I had the money. You know, I uh, there's a popular story that I talk about a lot uh, about a, a guy named Walter Isaacson. And Walter Isaacson's claim to fame is he was Steve Jobs' biographer. Oh, you know, Jobs. And so there was an article sent to me right after Steve Jobs uh, passed away. And it said that Steve Jobs spent his final days surrounded by close family and used the opportunity for final interviews to explain to his wife and children why he wasn't always there for them. You know, and uh, and he, there were some quotes about Jobs saying, I wanted them to understand why, and I hope they understand. And this guy, Isaacson, I don't know him again, but I just read the article at a pretty pivotal time in my life. Uh, he said, you know, Steve, are you glad you had a family? Are you glad you had children? Which is a pretty powerful question. Dying man, arguably one of the most successful, you know, businessmen of all time. And Steve fired back an answer and said it was 10,000 times better than anything I'd ever done. But here's a point of clarity for a person who had more money than he knew what to do with. He would have traded it back and then some. And I think that's where it's a huge lesson here. You know, and it's easy for us to all go, oh, well, I read some stuff about Steve Jobs. He had a reputation for being a cold-hearted jerk, right? Yeah, but where would we be if the rug of health was whipped out from underneath us right now or where you are right mm -hmm. now? Would you be in the same situation in six months trying to do final interviews? I know at the time I read that, you know, whatever, 11 years ago, I would have been. And, uh, and it made me change. And, and at that point in my life, you know, I was – you know, growing our family from two to five children. We had having miscarriages. I had, was just going through the adoption of my two oldest. Um, we were bringing back our business from near extinction from the, you know, financial meltdown of 08, you know, and I had just been approved to donate a kidney to my father oh, wow. uh, like earlier. So there was a lot of going on. When I think when you get pushed to a point of critical, Jim, you, you, your perception changes. Mm -hmm. You just can't be the same. And the way I viewed family life changed forever how I viewed business, how I viewed time, how I viewed following the protocol of, of what is supposed to be done in, in many, um, in, in many society circles. And, and I just said, nah, you know, I, I can't look at things the same. And that's how we started doing things differently. And, and the book is about some simple principles that a lot of people don't do, but you can easily do to make differences quick and really clearly. Yeah, I, I thought the book, I read a lot of books, man, and a lot of books for men, a lot of books on families. And so this, you have a unique niche here that I thought was really interesting. You know, you're talking about Stephen Jobs. It reminded me of a, a quote I read probably in the early 90s by business you know, icon, Lee Iacocca. He yeah. said, uh, I've never seen a man on his deathbed say, I wish more, I spent more time at the office, right? And, yeah. and we, we just want to be those guys that look back and have regrets with, and we look at the people who will mourn over our grave, you know, I, will it be mourning out of regret that they never knew their dad or mourning because they loved us and we're so connected to them. And that's, that's really what your book is about. And I really appreciated that. And so you said something, you, you defined something early on in the book. It's a, it's a small book. So, you know, guys can pick this up. It's really a man book. It's like hundred and something pages. It's just a easy read. But you said early on, you said it became increasingly clear that it was a lack of the vital element of quality time that was to blame and not entrepreneurship or, or not being busy, right? So when you talk about quality, you, you really draw a distinction here between quality time and quantity or proximity time, right? Like 
I'm in the house with you guys. So can you unpack your definition? I think this is really important for our men. How do you define quality time? Yeah. So there's, there's different degrees, but let me tell you what's not quality time. <laughs> yes. Not quality time is talking on the phone, listening to a podcast and having your kid in the backseat, driving them somewhere. <sighs> so you're paying them no attention. You're doing other things. I'm not saying, hey, don't listen to men in the arena and, you know, be getting your work done. But if your kid's in the back, that's not quality time. Don't Agreed. don't agree. You know, your child's watching TV and you're kind of looking over the shoulder or sitting down a little bit and and watching that. Now, I enjoy a good show or movie with my kids sometimes. But if you're just dead air all the time or talking or you're both sitting there on your phone scrolling in the same room, not quality time. There is no deeper connection. There's there's really no communication. Um, there's no intentionality and there's no focus on this important relationship. So you have to distinguish, look, that's, that's something I've been heard is called throwaway time, but I'm all about throwaway time. That's fine. We need it here and there stuff. But if you never have focused, intentional quality time, the odds of getting below the surface of having a stronger relationship of being the one your sons or daughters go to for that deeper advice instead of their friends or the internet terrifying you know yep. it's so uh, you have to facilitate the principles of quality time and uh you know i share a few of those in the book well what does that look like um and i'll share some of those today i'm sure absolutely well i i'm just going to pull this out of your book you said quality time is a time just you already said this i'm just quoting is a time where we shift our focus away from ourselves and our worries and place it with intention on someone else. I just thought that was such a powerful quote. I couldn't let it slip without putting it in the interview. So, so good. It's so good. And then, you know, you talk, can you talk to us about this great lie that men believe? There's a, a great lie that men believe about their time. And we've already addressed it a little bit, but do you want to extrapolate? Yeah, no, the great, you know, I, I, like you said, I call it the great entrepreneurial lie because I worked with a lot of small business owners, but yeah. it's really a career. You know, it could be you know, an artist, an athlete, a fireman, a police, a teacher. It, the lie is that, you know, put your head down and build your career, you know, and if you got to be kind of MIA for five years, seven years, 10 years, that's okay. You know, you're going to build up what you need to provide and, and then some and your family will understand. That's the great lie. And you'll be yeah. able to make that, you know, someday I'll make it up. Well, someday never comes uh, and they don't understand. You know, it it is, I remember one time hearing that like, you know, a lot of things in life are a rubber ball. You drop them, they're going to bounce back. You know, there's a few, your health, your family, they're glass balls. You just drop them, they're going to, they're going to crack or they're going to shatter. And, uh, and that's, that's what we've seen here. So the great lie is, oh yeah, put your head down in your career for the next five to seven years. You know, your family will understand someday we'll, we'll make it up to them. And that just doesn't happen. Man, that is such a powerful analogy, Jim, that, that your family is not a rubber ball. It will not bounce back. It is a glass ball and it will shatter. That is a, I just want to, man, I just want to repeat that. I want you to listen to that. Those relationships don't bounce back the way you want them to. They will shatter if you are not careful with those. So so there is a question in the book that you ask men to answer to figure out whether or not they're spending quality time with a child. Now, I, I guess I would assume also, Jim, it'd be safe to assume that 
you, a parent could spend quality time with one child and, and not another. For example, you're a surfer, right? So you got one kid that loves to surf and one kid that likes to play the flute or something. You know, you're going to be like, man, I'm going to, I naturally do this more. So I'm assuming that there are, is that, is that a wrong assumption that some parents no, are spending quality time with one? Happens, that also happens with us, you know, bullheaded dads that, you know, can't relate with our daughters. And that's what the board meeting strategy, the family board meeting strategy is about. Yes. You know, it helps, helps break that down to equal the playing field, to honor their interests and passions and talents, not just your own. Um, and, and that's an important part of our strategy. And we're going to get to that in a second. So what, so what is that question that you're telling guys to ask to find out whether or not they're spending quality time with a child? You know, I asked the simple question, when's the last time you spent a half day or a day with your child uninterrupted without your phone on doing something of their choice one-on-one? -on -one? And when I first, when I first read that, so my parent, my kids are out of the house. When I first read that, I stepped back and went, man, that's, that's, that is raising the bar because I thought you were going to say, sit down and read a book or spend an hour, but you're saying carve out of your schedule guys. When, when is the last time? Well, we'll get to, we'll get to the carving in a second here, but when is the last time you spent a day alone with your child, no electronic distractions while enjoying a fun activity and meaningful conversation. And then you added that they choose. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, Jim, we have good intentions, right? You know, like you just said, you went hunting. Obviously, your boys like hunting because so they were going. But let's say that you and I, or, or you, you really liked football and your sons had zero interest in football. And you drag your youngest son onto a football game and you know your buddies are there too ah it's a good time you go home and you you know you punch yourself in the arm and say man i'm a great dad see we bonded uh, but our intentions are good but what if they really have no interest in in football or a carved antique car show you're like i love antique cars come on and they'll do it to honor you but you know what i mean We're, we 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 do a lot of assuming um yes. and if we would just say and it could be look like my oldest loves fishing. I liked fishing as a kid. I still like to go. If I had my choice of surfing or fishing, just if it was just me, I'm going to choose surfing 9.9 .9 times out of 10. <laughs> what I'd rather do. Yep. I love my son that much. So I'll go fishing with him. So it, this is where we can really break down the walls of being pushy parents. We try to plan it. This is what we're going to do and their intentions. But sometimes also our kids don't want to hurt our feelings. They'll go along with it. So we want to make sure we're letting them plan the day. And when they plan the day, especially at younger ages, Jim, man, all these things start to uncover things they really enjoy, things that they're good at. Oh. Things. I mean, my son now, he's uh, at age 19. He has his charter fishing. He got his boat captain's license at 18. Get it? And he has a charter fishing business. Well, what do you think we did on these these one-on-one -on -one days? Uh, every quarter, almost every time we went fishing because that's what he chose to do. And so, you know, you, things start to unveil themselves if you just let their your kids plan, you know, and some people go to me, oh, well, my teens would never spend a day with me without their phone. I say one of the best ways to to get them buy in is to let them plan the day because now they have buy in, you know, because they're choosing yeah. it. Also, for me pretty uh controversial i get it jim but we only do this what i do it every quarter with my kids you know once or twice a year i'll let them miss a day of school 
Because oh, what's, what's more important? A day that him and I got to connect and do that and learn lessons and talk deeper on things and strengthen our relationship or those one or two days of school a year. For me, it's a no, no brainer. But people say, how do I get my team to buy in? Let them plan it. Take a day of school off. And, uh, and I don't know. For me, it's worked well. I'll tell you what, man. I could not agree more. I mean, I could not agree more, especially, I don't know. I won't even get into the state of the public schools, but, but here's what I will say. Here's <laughs> what I will say. Another hour of conversation. I, well, I remember <laughs> I called, I remember I called when my middle son Darby was in like eighth grade, it was the end of duck season and the bucks were in the rut. And I called it the uh, administrative office. I said, Hey, my son Darby's out of school. He's got, he's sick. Oh, he is. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's got buck fever. He won't be in man. That gal, <laughs> she didn't know how to handle it. She didn't know Hannah Hannah. I'm like, hey, I told you he's not in school. I told you he's got a fever. Now you're going to get your public school money. So you're good to go. So, but but you know, you said something that was really interesting, Jim. And I want to I want to draw this out because I you work with entrepreneurs. Is it difficult for these men who are leaders to allow the control of their child to pick? Or do these guys want to kind of lean into it and go, we're doing this, we're doing this? Has that been yeah. is, is that push back there? Yeah, they're we're pushy people, entrepreneurs. Yeah. People. I mean, that's where a personality, go, 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 yeah. get it done. So I think so. Most would say, no, it's not, but it is. Uh, what's really hard is, you know, one of my rules, which we'll talk about today, or one of my principles, is uh, is the principle of intermittent tech fasting. Yes. And, you know, when, when I spend a half day with my kids, my phone's off for four or five hours. It's, you can't get me. It's just, I, I might keep it on airplane mode to just snap one, you know, a few pictures of the day to commemorate it, but you're not reaching me by text, by email, by phone, by social media, it ain't happening. And a lot of people run their own business. They're like, they feel like the business world is going to explode into fiery dust in four to five hours if they can't be reached. And that's one of the biggest things that I see for our strategy where they're like, Whoa, what do you, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm cutting off and on a Wednesday afternoon from 12 to five and no one can reach me. You know, it's, it's, uh, it can be pretty scary for certain people, but the good news so far working with thousands of families out there, um, no one's business has actually exploded within those four to five hours. I haven't had one person. It's a miracle, man. It's a miracle. Damn it. You lied to me. My business blew up in those four hours. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, you know, cause I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. My kids say that I'm an entrepreneur cause we've got this thing going on. But one of the things I've learned about entrepreneurs is we really need, we need those times to completely disengage because it's moved because an entrepreneur's day never ends. Right. It just never ends. So it's important to pull those blocks out and say, I'm out. It, it, it not only helps us with our child, but it actually helps us to shut the brain off. You know, yeah. the surfing, you get out in the water, you're surfing, you don't have your phone with you. You shut your brain off, you focus. Yeah. It's renewal. I mean, you don't have your cell phone out there, do you? I hope not. <laughs> that, I can say, I've never seen that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that would be, yeah, that would that would be a shocker if I ever saw that. That, that, only, that dude would have an issue. <laughs> I, and this, not to get controversial, but I did see one time outside about a year and a half ago, a guy wearing a mask out in the surf. And I just... I didn't even know how to respond to that. So we won't go on to that, but the, the weirdest thing I ever saw, no phone, but definitely a mask. And and I got a kick out of that. So anyway, we move on. Uh, yeah. Well, you and I, I have a feeling you and I feel the same way about those things. So <laughs> we could probably talk off, offline and have some great laughs. Like, you're in your car alone and you're wearing a mask. What are, you doing? what are you doing, bro? Come on, buddy. Hey, anyway. So, so Jim, tell us about 
this family board meeting. It sounds like you get the whole family together, but I know from the book that that's not true. So can you unpack what, what makes a family board meeting a family board meeting? Yeah. So our strategy is to follow what most successful entrepreneurial companies do, which is you get together once a quarter to reunite the team and look forward to the next 90 days. Um, yes. However, we've learned that uh, that's important to do on an individual basis. So you got to separate the parts to strengthen the whole, which is my first step. So what makes it a family board meeting is uh, is making sure that you're doing this just one-on-one -on -one with each one of your children. So this is not a, a family board meeting. It is not the whole family. It's individualized. It's a meeting with each of your children one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and that's got to be at least four hours to get that you know decompression and and open up and uh, relax people to really connect. Uh, and we also well we'll go over th all three three steps. But you know just know a family board meeting is individualized time with each of your children every quarter, every ninety days. Okay, that's really powerful. So I'm going to ask a couple questions that uh, this inspired in me. So. What would you tell a man about his wife? Do you practice something similar with Jamie Lee? So my wife and I, so and I talk about the power of rhythms. So these steps mm -hmm. that I'm going to talk about, uh, I practice all of them with my wife on a weekly basis. Ah, so I do I do a, a weekly date night. And uh, there's a couple of things I can talk to on that. We don't miss date night rarely ever even with five kids. Um, and I know this is one of the simple, most overlooked things that I'll hear about people struggling in their marriage and they'll have a few kids and they have some stress and they'll say, well, when's the last time you guys were one-on-one -on, -one on a date? Oh, I don't know, nine months ago. And, uh, and, and there's some obvious that. So I do do this with my wife. Jamie and I also do an overnight every quarter by ourselves, um, which is super important, I think. You know, we love our kids. We love our time just ourselves. And sometimes you need that reset, you know, because the conversation is very different when it's just Jamie and I than it's with our all five kids or our 11-month-old or, you know, it yeah. changes. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's how the family board meetings work. It's individual, focused, intentional, quality time that you schedule. And the number one reason everything we talk about today, Jim, will fail is not yep. because the steps don't work or the principles, or there's not tons of case studies of lots of people that have done this thousands and thousands of families. Now, why it won't work is because you don't schedule it. You know, well, you I, I, yeah. that what you schedule gets done. I, I'm really impressed that you have the weekly date night. My wife and I, when we had three sons, when our sons were in the home, every Thursday night, we had a date night. And, you know, I met with a guy last week, an entrepreneur has a great job, 36 years old, high stress. He said, one of my goals, we're working through a book this year called Atomic Habits. And he said, mm -hmm. one of my goals this year is to be on a date with my wife once a month. And I stopped and I said, hey, buddy, let me, hey, no. Why don't you ask her about that? And he goes, yeah, what? And I go, she's going to be so pissed at you. You need to go out every week with her. He goes, what? I go, dude, ask her. Say, would you rather have a date night once a week or once a month? And then you can thank me later. <laughs> I I can bet the ranch on how she came back. You know, oh, you <laughs> look a week is too long sometimes. But look, we, yeah. we do it. 
And since we're on this, we should stay on this for a minute. Look, this is such a simple thing. Same bat time, same bat channel. So what did you Not just hard. say? Every Thursday night. Mine's every Wednesday night, yeah. 5.30 to 8.30. So actually, right when I finish this, well, about a half hour afterwards on Costa Rica time, I'm out. We're, yeah. we're, why not? Today's Thursday. What do we do? Date? Oh, man. I'm, I'm, we did date night last night. Holy cow. So oh, that's last, awesome. We actually, this week, we spoiled ourselves. We did a date night Tuesday night and Wednesday night. So we do it twice sometimes because we're on our, our little hiatus down in Costa Rica. Totally. But if you pick the same day and the same time, well, then you can't ever say, well, we don't, we, 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 I scheduled some sort of work thing or I scheduled a podcast or I, um, I, my team knows, oh, that's date night. You know, don't schedule an investor dinner or a podcast or a, yep. or a client call. And, and also my wife knows we can get a sitter. You know, if you're always trying to struggle every week to figure out, oh, well, let's try to go Saturday. Well, maybe, you know, Thursday or maybe Friday or or Tuesday. And then you're trying to match up a sitter or something because you have kids. It just doesn't work. So when you go same bad time, same bad channel, like you said, every Thursday, um, every Wednesday, 530, 830, then the odds of it staying and you know it. And plus, I'm ADD entrepreneur. I can't mess it up. I don't forget that. I know, you know, that that time is blocked on my calendar and I'm not putting anything on it. It's systematic. Yeah. It's, it's just systematic. so my my wife and I called it a sacred cow. So let me ask this question. I don't know the answer to this. We're like totally off script right now. No, how okay. how <clears throat> how complex, how creative, how much planning do you personally put into your date nights? So this is part of actually our 18 summers program. We like to mix it up a little bit with walks and we do like to go to dinner. That's something our, my wife and I like to do. You know, we're right near St. Augustine or, or last night, you know, we hopped on an ATV and, and drove to one of our favorite, you know, little restaurants. And that's really nice. Um, so we, here's two things we plan. We do talk about excitement. Where do you want to go to eat? Or do you want to go for a walk somewhere? But we have a, a, a cheat sheet now what we do, because when we used to go on dates, Jim, it was, you know, the, ooh, you know, the Casanova romance of how was the weather today? What did the kids do at school today? What errands yeah. do we have to run this weekend? It's like, oh, my gosh, put me to sleep. It's like you're like roommates or administrative assistants. Business partners. <laughs> yeah. So what we started to do, because, you know, better questions, better life. We started to compile questions to ask each other now. And don't be the over um, a, uh, over ambitious entrepreneur here, or, you know, whatever, you know, athlete, one question, maybe two. And we ask those and they're deep questions. It's not, what's your favorite color? It's what's the, the best trip we ever took together and, and your memories from it. You know, mm. what, when's the, when, when did you finally figure out, when's the moment you figured out you were in love with me? Um, when, you know, who as a child was your most uh, impactful teacher in your life and why mm. and I didn't, I've done that with people in some top executive things, their teams and marriages within that room were never the same. They learned about something. So we try to bring this little deck of cards and this isn't a pitch, but yes, we sell them because people say, can you put them together? So it's 52 little cards. You can put them in your pocket. You pull them out one question, you know, date a week. So think about it. Imagine a deep question uninterrupted on a date once a week for for a full year, how much more are you going to know your spouse, know yourself, bring important things back into focus, you know, better questions, 
better relationships. So our prep, we've kind of pre-prepped by, you know, we compile questions and question cards, put them into a deck, bring them with us. And, you know, we shuffle and we, we pick a question and we really go deep on it. Yeah. I'll tell you what my favorite question for my wife, I only have to add it, have to ask it once. And then she just goes the whole date night. Hey, honey, tell me about your heart. Wow. That's boom. a great one. Boom. It's over. <clears throat> so, but what I wanted to say there is that, you know, dinner or a walk, it doesn't have to be complex. No. And if some of the stress is out there, well, I can't afford to take her to the five-star restaurant, then don't go out for a coffee and go for a walk. That's $6, $7, depending on where you're going and go for a walk uninterrupted on a free trail. And, uh, you know, if you're in the cold bundle up, so it's, you, it, it's that simple. And so I think we put up these excuses in our mind, like, I got to put on a tuxedo and there needs to be violins playing behind me. I mean, it's, and I can't afford that. Well, then don't do that. I mean, that's not what this is about. It's about the conversation, the focus and the lack of interruption. That's so good, man. I would say to guys, guy, you are too busy not to have a date night with your wife every week. Yeah. It's, that's what I would say. It's not worth your marriage. No. no. So. Well, and what, 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 how have we built our lives if we cannot set an important meeting with our most important partner in our life. I mean, I, I feel my wife is my most important, you know, investor, partner, team player, wh whatever. So if I can't slate that for her, I've really messed up my priorities. Yeah. She's uh, the most important person on the planet. I agree. I agree. So I agree. We're on the same page. Okay. So here's another question I have. You have five kids. Yeah. So that's a little bit more than average. And you're talking quarterly, so we're talking four a year, or are you talking three a year? Four. Four a year, so that's 20 total family board meetings with your children. So that's quite a bit. So my question is, do you overlap them? Do you stack them ever? Like you do two in one day or three in one day, or or how do you typically uh, deal with three. that? I think I've done two a few <clears throat> A, a few times, but I don't really like to do that either. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I go for for one a day at most. Okay. Uh, remember, and and my I usually start them at the age of two and a half. Uh, my youngest right now is almost a year, so I'm only doing four. Okay. And uh, and and again, this is not about perfection, Jim. Yep. You know, I'm the creator of this, and not last year, but the year before, because of cancellations and that, we only got three in. So in 11 years, we only, we did four, but it was not this year, the year before we only got three in, there was things canceled and this and that. And I got three in and you're, oh, you're the, you're the creator of this. What the hell is the matter with you? Right. This is the problem with all of us. We're like, well, screw it. I missed one. It's I'm dead. Out. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's like, God dang it. No, you, you, so what, even if you only got two in this year, you know, how, how many of you, you know, I'm asking the listeners, how many of you got two uninterrupted days with your father like this when you yep. were a kid and they've passed on now and you're like, dang, I would have done anything. So, you know, you miss one, get back on the horse for the next quarter. You know, I've seen that happen too. And, and that's really important to remember. This is not about a perfect calendar record because even I missed one the year before last and you know, be gentle with yourself. You miss one, get to the next quarter, do it. Again. I, I appreciate that. Actually in the, in the prefix of your book, you said it's never too late to connect deeply with your children. So, Hey, you miss one, get back on the horse again. You're okay. So that's good stuff. So, Hey man, I really appreciate all this stuff on date night. 
you know, that this is really healthy and good and positive. And I think these guys, if they're not doing a weekly daylight, they really need to. But I want to jump in to this family board meeting with your children. I think there's some powerful stuff. It's so simple. I mean, it's so simple that if a guy does implements these three steps to connection, it'll be a game changer over the next 30 years. So let's do this. Let's unpack these really powerful and profound steps of connection. So let's start with step one. What is step, yeah, step one? And remember, these are these steps are what I use for getting together for half a day every quarter with each of my kids. However, with that said, these three steps line perfectly up with date night as well. So you'll yep. see that. Yep. So step number one, the most overlooked, one of the most potent relationship builders out there that I think it's a, a tragedy that's, you know, so many of these professionals that are supposed to be helping relationships don't talk about. And it's uh, and it's gotten the most results. Don't listen to anything else today. That's fine with me. Listen to this one thing. It's the one-to-one -one principle. Yes. You have to have one-on-one -on -one time. You got to separate the parts of strength in the whole. You know, big family gatherings are great. I, you know, was raised Irish Catholic, which means I have like 4,000 cousins. And these big things are great, but it's not those big gatherings where most of the more intimate conversation occurs. You know, one-on-one -on -one time puts the magnifying glass on the relationship in a positive way, takes away distraction, takes away sibling rivalry. If your children lean more towards your spouse because they're around more, they're easy to talk to. Well, that takes you out of the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's something you got to look at. So one-on-one -on -one time is one of the most powerful ways to strengthen that relationship. And when you strengthen the parts, you will strengthen the whole. And by doing one-on-one -on -one time scheduled with each member of the family, you can never get accused of, you know, the Jan Brady, Marsha, 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 right? Yeah. Everyone gets their time. Um, and and again, if 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 there had to be one step that's made the most difference in my life that I didn't get as a kid growing up in a family of five was one-on-one -on -one time. One-on-one -on -one time, it is, it, it's different. It's almost like if you remember in that first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, when the big bully comes up to punch him, he's at the locker and it's, oh, that's that, do you know what I'm talking about? The yeah. Fist oh is, yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, Peter Parker is looking at, it, he's like, man, it's like, you can see things so much more in that one-on-one -on -one time. That's, you know, you're almost got this different level of intuition when you start to spend focus one-on-one -on -one time. Oh man, that's so cool, Jim. Because man, I only have one kid. Yeah. I can. I'm on cruise control, bro. What do you say <laughs> to that guy? Well, one of that's when you think you're cheating. I, I think I write in the book where I was at one of my retreats. Yeah, Chad. He, we're asking about one-on-one -on -one time, and his mom's a really good mom, entrepreneur mom. His dad too. He said, "Well, my mom works from home, so we really don't get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time." That's coming from a single child. So. It's not just you're in the presence, like I talked about before, yep. but one-on-one -on -one time is focused. And one-on-one -on -one time is not just one person, one person, but it also involves step two, which I brought up before, which is intermittent tech fasting. Yes. These little you know, boxes that we carry around now, hey, they're great. I mean, I I appreciate technology. I'm not even sure where you are, Jim, but I'm in Costa Rica right now. I'm and in Robert Oregon. You're in Oregon. We're pretty far away. Yeah. We're having a conversation and we couldn't do that. However, there's times where you and I need to be completely and totally unavailable. Yep. So media can't get to us. Text can't get to us. Email can't get to us. Phone calls can't get to us. Um, and when that starts to come in in your one-on-one, -on -one, again, game changer. 
people don't realize. And again, one of the hardest things about these half days is yeah, we're getting together Mm one-on-one, but then our phones are going off and, and it's, it's this fear. Holy sh! Holy. I I haven't, I, I, you know, the, that little security blanket, let me check this. Dopamine, dopamine. But when you do all of a sudden there's this like decompression and and now it's again that slowdown like i was talking like spider-man where you can see things and and you have no choice but to be with the person in front of you um so you you have to practice step two intermittent tech fasting is one of the most powerful ways uh to have a better relationship with your family not only for these half days but like i said jim horribly embarrassing but guess who used to take his phone on date night this guy guess who should get the moron of the year award me and you so raising your hand thank you and like what was the hell was i thinking answering a text an email a phone call we're on a date so my phone's never invited on date night my wife brings hers because she's more disciplined we got to have you know access to the sitter but uh, believe me date night's gotten a hell of a lot better without that so step number two i'm not telling you guys to give up technology but you do have to separate you have to disconnect to reconnect yeah you got to you got to be able to have times of complete and total unavailability to the people in front of you. And it's one of the best ways you can say you are a priority because, and also why would a child or your wife come to you with something that's really pressing? If you're always busy, next text, next Facebook thread. Well, they're like, well, he's so busy though. He's so busy. We always have this air of busyness when that thing is in our hands and active. And it might be something that's totally, you know, obsolete, compared to what your son or your daughter or your wife or husband might be wanting to talk to you about. Man, that's such so good, man. So step two is disconnect to reconnect. And so I've always got guys listening that want the loophole, right? They're looking for the loophole. I'm just going to read your quote from page 43. I think this will remove any loopholes. You said this, the rule is simple. No texts, no emails, no calls, no screens. Your phone is off. No sounds, no alerts, no vibrations. Your computer is off. The TV is off too. Screen sucking together in front of a TV is no better than screen sucking alone. Yeah. I love that. Screen sucking. That's great. But that hopefully that'll hopefully guys are like, so are you saying I can't bring my phone? Yeah. Yes, well, bro. You can't. Well, like what I said is that the only loophole which takes out all those things is I do like to commemorate this day. So put it on airplane mode because all your stuff won't work then except your camera and you can take a picture. Um, and and so that's, you know, something you want to look at. But but just know you are not as multitasky as you think you are. You know, I, I talk about this in some of my newer talks. You know, my daughter who's eight now when she was five, I try to turn off my phone for about two hours every night when I come home, leave the phone in the car or in my computer bag, get home, we get on the trampoline. I didn't follow my own rule. You know, we all know that horrible noise in our our pocket. So without even looking at it, I go into four different things, scenarios. Well, I pull my phone out, breaking my own rule. I'm on the trampoline with my daughter, five-year-old. And uh, and someone dropped the ball on on a real estate closing I was doing on a deal. I mean, simple little stuff and, and it got totally screwed up. But now it's 530, nothing can be done. Well, what am I doing? I'm I'm going into a fixed scenario. I'm swearing under my breath. And uh, and I'll never forget right there in front of me is I, I, I come to, you know, what's in front of me yeah. and my five-year-old staring at me with this really sad, quivery look. And uh, and I'm look, I look at her and she says, Daddy, why, why are you so mad at me? And it's like, oh. 
Oh man, like jab a knife in my side and turn it, right? Yep. Because I didn't, I couldn't even see her in front of me. I was so wrapped up in this and she couldn't understand what was happening. So this is the danger of trying to be on that. And I tell this to teens too, who might, you know, if you're, yeah, turn off your phone once in a while. If you're, if you're, you know, sitting on the couch with your whole family and all of a sudden, um, you know, somebody you don't really like put something on Instagram. You know, and and it really bugs you and annoys you. Do you think you're going to be nicer to your to your parents or to your little sister? Or no, it's going to pull you out. And this is where we have to have times of unavailability. So intermittent tech fasting. Not telling you to give it up, but just like intermittent fasting, the health technique. You're not giving up eating. You're just yeah. picking times to do it. And uh, and it, as you said, it can really re-nourish you to have that downtime. Yeah, and I think just having general boundaries, man. The world's not going to die if you're not available after seven. You're, it, it will survive. So I think sometimes we as guys, we overestimate how unimportant we really are. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so step three in, in connection is what? Uh, step three is uh, fun activity with focused reflection. So I'm a big fan of alternative education. I think a day on yeah. the field is better than 10 days in the classroom. So when you let them play the plan the day and go all in, you might be going fishing to the beach, having a princess party like I've had a few times with my daughter, whatever they want, I'm all in. Let them plan the day and spend time for focused reflection at the end. Just conversation at the end of the day afterwards. You've decompressed. You've probably had a meal. Um, and that's three, the, the, the third step and focus reflection, something that we've really gotten deeper onto. And I talk about in the book, this is a really good time after enjoying each other, going all in on their plan day, where there's usually two things needed in all relationships. And that's a sincere apology or a genuine compliment. Oh, and both of them are very hard for stubborn headed people that think they have immunity. So like for a lot of business people I work with. Hey, we can be cranky. We can be short. We can be distant. We can be overwhelmed. We can, you know, break promises with our family because we're getting work done. And we think we have this immunity. Hmm. That, yeah, but I provide. I provide. You know, I'm running a business or I'm running two businesses and, you know, whatever. I'm holding down this career of demand. And, and that's great. And providing is a big honor for our families, but it doesn't give us immunity to be disrespectful or, um, or, or break promises, you know, or not show up. And, and then when we don't, we're like, well, I'm not apologizing. I'm providing, I got immunity. Mm. So that's something that I've really learned. And also sometimes we get busy. Sometimes we think we've been made a very clear compliment to our wife, to our son, to our daughter that we've never said, and would make a huge difference if we took the time and had the courage or vulnerability to say, I'm really proud of you. And it, it might not be that they won the biggest award or something. It's, you know, just the way that you, I've watched you helped your mother last week. Like mm -hmm. I've just, the, 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 the heart of service that you're showing, you know, with, with doing that with your mom. And I watched, I was really Im impressed and so proud of you. You know, you, we, we don't take the time to do that. And when we do, um, again, their guard goes down. And the connection becomes closer. But I can't tell you how often, Jim, after 
people have a great activity together, go all in, have a meal, have some real conversation, and then the chance for a real compliment or a real apology comes up and you take it, you have the courage to actually do it, the relationship gets better. So our, I'm tr- I think I'm tracking with you here. So step three, choose a fun activity with focused reflection. The focused reflection component is twofold. Look for a compliment to offer and and ask or apologize for something. Is that what I hear you saying or am I missing something? Yeah, focused reflection is just a term of experiential education where it's like, hey, what did you like about the day? Oh, okay. It's, it's more just opening up the conversation. Let's focus on the day. You know, what did you like? How was the meal? And that opens up the conversation and you never know what they're going to say at that point. But what I found is when the conversation starts lighting, hey, sometimes the conversation might go three minutes. Other times it might go 30 minutes, an hour. But you just want to talk about the day. Oh, what did you enjoy today? Oh, you like that part. Yeah, me too. Well, what did you like? And then the, what did you like? Well, you know what? I've been busy and I feel like I've been distracted. I'm really enjoying this downtime with you right now. Mm. Whatever's the honest thing, you just talk about what you enjoyed about the day. And then it usually leads into other things. And that also might be a time of quiet where you know, hey, I was a real jerk last week. I I I was late for this. I didn't show up for this. I was I I was short and impatient. That's not fair. I'm sorry. That wasn't on you. That's something I was working on. You know, and some of the people out there, hey, this this is when I've heard a lot of single parents say I've been able to say, look, this I'm sorry if this divorce has been hard on you. Mm. It's not your fault. You've been holding up better than anyone could ever imagine. I just want to say I'm sorry, but it's it's it, I, I don't want you to ever take this personally. We're talking deep opportunity here. Yeah. In the situation. Well, you know, it's interesting, Jim, as I interview, gosh, we've interviewed 50, at least 50 guys a year on this show. It's amazing how many guys talk about this thing called the father wound, being wounded or hurt by their dads. These are adult men. These are guys 50s, 60s. And when you talk about apologizing, it really hit me that maybe if we as dads identified areas where we wronged our children and actually apologized, those wounds would not be so uh, blatant or uh, damaging when these children become adults. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So huge difference. And yeah, apologies aren't easy. I mean, it's it's a vulnerable thing to give an apology. You know, very vulnerable. And that's that's not what any of us want. That's really hard. That's really good, man. Well, I really appreciate these steps. Go one-on-one, disconnect to reconnect. You're calling it an intermittent tech. What did you call it? Intermittent tech intermittent fasting? Tech fasting. Inter- it's something we coined. Intermittent tech fasting. You've heard of intermittent fasting? Oh, totally. So it's intermittent tech fasting. Absolutely. You're not, you're not, you're not giving up tech. You're just choosing certain times to totally be off it. That's awesome. And then choose a fun activity with focused reflection. And uh, man, you may need to get an apology in there and make sure. I think it's always important to compliment, you know, our, our, our especially our sons. They're always asking this question. Am I good enough? Am I good enough? And man, we need to affirm that they're good enough. And our girls, our daughters are always asking, am I worthy enough? Yeah. And so uh, that's that's our job as dads, right? Look, one, and and there there is when when you just say let me let me give a little advice on this for a genuine compliment when you give that to them and you say you're worthy or you you are courageous or you are a joy to be around get specific yes 
the, yes. the bullshit detector cannot go off if you're specific. If if you say, "Man, you're such a joy to be around," your son goes in his head, "Yeah, dad, okay, you're my dad. Of course you're going to say that." But if you say, "You know what? You're such a joy to be around." Like last week when we were out, you know, on the duck hunt, you made me laugh like. 20 times talking about this and this and this. And then you were, you know, concerned about your buddy on this. Like, you're just a joy to be around. And you give specifics. Now they can't argue with you. It, it's, they, they can't, their BDS detector goes, okay, he's actually given specifics. I can't really argue this. <laughs> so be yeah. specific when you're giving those compliments or you're, you're saying those things. It goes a long way. And I would say this, guys, it doesn't end when your kids are out of the house. My sons are adults and they need to hear it. They might need to hear it almost more sometimes. So uh, it's really, really important. So, man, that's good stuff. So, hey, Jim, so listen, we've been talking about your book, Family Board Meeting. Where, where, can, these, where can these guys access you and your resources? Yeah, if you're interested in uh, getting one of our uh, copy of our book, you can find it on Amazon. You know, no problem. The family board meeting, easy to find, easy to get. We do have an audio version as well uh, for our people that like to listen. Short, easy read. I, I joked to you before, Jim, at big events, my book usually gets read first. I'm not saying because it's the best, but it's <laughs> the least intimidating and, uh, and you know, short and potent. And also it's a pretty big subject. Not too many people focus on. Yeah. Uh, so you can find us on Amazon. You want to learn, uh, follow us on Instagram. My wife does a great job keeping up on our family life. How are we doing things? Uh, that's 18 Summers Tribe. Uh, and then if you want to learn more about our programs and what we do, you can go to 18summers.com. Man, I sure appreciate it. Hey, guys, let's get some boots on the ground here. How are we going to respond to today's episode? Here's what I want you to do. Pick up this resource. You're going to love it. But, guys, get this family board meeting scheduled. All you got to do is multiply times four. Two kids, eight times. One kid, four times. Well, But you include your wife in there, bro. Every yeah. She deserves an every week deal. So, guys, make sure you get this on the calendar. It's never too late. Guys, thanks so much. Hey, Jim, thanks so much for coming on the show all the way from Costa Rica. Man, we're international, baby. Man, sure appreciate having you on today. Good being here. Thanks, Jim. Oh, man. All right, great. Hey, guys, our man laws, again, are supplied by you, and this week's man law comes from an anonymous source. And I think it's anonymous because he did not want his wife to hear his name about this man law. So here it is. Men never miss the toilet. They just leave their mark. <laughs> We're going to protect your identity, man. We got your back. Hey, guys, make sure you head on over to menarena.org. Grab your free copy of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. Make sure you sign up to join one of our many virtual teams that impact men from around the world. Guys, until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out and be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.